0: Today we're talking about Chuck versus the Push Mix, the season four finale.
1: That's right. It's the emotional and eventful season finale of season four. Wait, wait. I'm I'm receiving word that this isn't the season finale. What? There's eleven more episodes. What? Oh my god. Why does this keep happening? you don't have to push any harder we're here we're delivered right here it's go chuck yourself oh, my name that, is chris gillespie that is
0: disturbing my name is aaron arada
1: what that our listeners just gave birth to us in their ears yes <laughs> it is a little disturbing but so is this episode of chuck hello i hope you are well uh aaron great to see you seems great like to see you doing, too it seems like you're doing splendid
0: i don't know what about me gave that impression but yeah I'm i'm doing all right how are you
1: I'm doing well. How was uh, your both... uh,
0: How was your New Year?
1: <laughs> my New Year uh was well, let me tell you. <laughs> I uh, I don't really remember that much about oh, my New Year if I'm that being kind honest. Of new year. Yeah. Yeah, can't really uh can't speak too much about it. I uh, uh, just... <laughs> I
0: had a um Zoom party wherein we all dressed up as cats and then watched the film cats.
1: That's interesting. That is something that uh you came up with on your own or were you invited to that?
0: Um both, both, both things. I mean, so, uh, okay, I was invited to it, but I had a costume prepared because I had previously, just on my own time, dressed up as one of the cats from Cats, so.
1: This episode continues to get more and more disturbing. <laughs> uh, I think the plan was that we were going to acknowledge that this is the the first episode of the new year of 2021. That's crazy. What a, a futuristic-sounding year. I feel I like we're, uh, everything should be made of chrome and... Uh, it's 2021. I don't is it just me or do you get a like do you have bad feelings about odd numbered years? Like I feel uncomfortable during odd number years for the duration.
0: weren't you born in an odd numbered year?
1: I know. That's why my my first full year was an even one. I said this is what it's all about. Okay, that's and then a good the next
0: point. Time... Um I do agree with you that it feels a little weird. I think I think 3 years are okay for me, but 1 years, 5 years are also okay. But 1 in mm. 7 feels weird. And, yeah. and maybe nine. Okay. So, yeah. Yep.
1: Well, I'm glad that we got that taken care of. Uh, we are talking about Chuck versus the push mix. And so we are ringing in the new year with baby new year, or maybe we should say baby Clara, Ooh. or baby Grunka, if you prefer. <laughs> um, before we get started, there is another uh, baby that recently came into the go Chuck yourself uh, sphere. Uh, on on Christmas no, no less um for well I guess I should probably just just take it out right now um uh, oh, so
0: is it in a sack what is that
1: yeah it's in a tote bag okay um longtime listeners of the program know that we have a reoccurring bit here uh that we've been doing since I think like the fourth episode uh uh it's um <laughs> that. The, the ongoing joke that we've tried to keep up and maintain has been that we we do advertisements for the Astron Drake Company, which manufactures lifelike baby dolls. Uh, the advertisement that we usually do is for the Coco doll, which is a monkey baby doll that's a lifelike um, kind of uh, chimpanzee looking kind of mm-hmm. little baby, except yep. kind of orangutan-ish. Um, and it's very disturbing. And uh, whenever there's a gift giving moment throughout the year, whether it's a birthday or uh, Christmas or whatnot, uh, there's always the joke that we're one of us is going to be giving the, each other cocoa to have into love. Um, and I never thought it would actually happen because <laughs> I similar to kind of like I think what prevents like nuclear war from happening of being like, well, if I sent that over, you know, like. It just seems like there's going to be retaliation that happens from it, and I I wouldn't want that to happen. But uh, my co-host in the in the Los Angeles area has no qualms about sending a missile over to me on the East Coast. Nope, sounds great. Of this little baby. Oh God, I see your
0: head. Oh no.
1: (laughs) This is Coco. So I haven't. Uh,
0: I want to be clear. I have not seen or held coco in my home i did not want to bring that into anywhere near the los angeles area um i just sent <laughs> it directly to chris and <laughs> it is scary
1: <laughs> the people of los angeles have suffered enough this year <laughs>
0: that's a good point
1: um oh so coco is um i don't know if she's lifelike exactly she's kind of in the uncanny valley in some ways <laughs> i think um oh coco just hit the keyboard silly coco Uh-oh, what
0: did she type uh,
1: so just minimizing my my uh my video call. Those so but, truly
0: real hands.
1: Yeah. So she's very heavy. She's weighted in a way that kind of feels like a lifelike baby. Okay. Um. Her eyes are obviously very piercing. She's very <laughs> hairy, which is probably accurate for if I actually had a child. This would probably be an accurate level of hair that would be on said baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um. I think her legs and like the arms are the most disturbing part, kind of, because they look, if you catch them in the right light, they look very lifelike. <laughs> um, she's wearing a diaper and a little pink sweater and uh, has a hole for a pacifier. But my Coco didn't come with a pacifier. Oh, What a shame. i
0: sorry. For, uh, for your birthday, I'll get you the, the full the, pacifier.
1: Yes. Um, and yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, I set her up on Christmas Eve and uh, put a little Christmas hat on her and had some had some fun with Coco. She
0: looked really cute. Yeah. So yeah, that's Coco. That's your firstborn child.
1: This is the new the new baby in the go check yourself family, I guess. Um she's the heir. Try,
0: when when we die under <laughs> mysterious circumstances, she will take over.
1: I gotta try to figure out how to get her like a go Check yourself t shirt. Like, oh, a that would be very something. cute. Because Yeah, I mean, if she's our new mascot, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess would it be distracting if I just held Coco this entire episode while we're recording?
0: I support you if you want to do that.
1: <laughs> I just don't know. It's very weird because what are you supposed to do with a lifelike monkey baby doll? Like, as Aaron pointed out, I was keeping it in a sack uh, this <laughs> afternoon. Prior to that, she was in a cardboard box. Uh, I don't want the state to take her away from me for being a bad parent, but <laughs> I just kind of feel uncomfortable like, having her look at me and like watch me while I sleep. That's but,
0: That's fair. Very fair.
1: I guess in the spirit of um the episode, I will keep her around. I'll prop her up right yeah, here. Yeah, she can this. watch
0: you. She can, if she has any contributions, let her know that she's welcome to make them.
1: Yes, I will let her know. But uh as it so happens, Coco is not the most exciting baby news we have here. Aaron, do you want to share anything? <laughs> what
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I uh um I have a cup which is kind of like a child it has um little like kind of like the doge dog he's he's on various pieces of breakfast food
1: so that's my news that was good I got Aaron to blush pretty hard so that was fun (laughs) always a treat you're
0: not supposed Uh. to like ask you're not supposed to like joke about pregnancy with women that's like that's a no no
1: (sighs) okay fine
0: I mean, if you um, if you must know, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <much>. <laughs> no,
1: I wasn't ready to tell anyone, but oh, my God. <laughs> um, yes. No. So that's that's it. Um, I think now that we have uh, uh, Coco is going to be very distracting. Her creepy little eyes. But can, her eyes are so disturbing in the light.
0: Maybe you should put sunglasses on her. That would be kind of cool.
1: That would be good. I think that would be a good way. Yeah. I think it's really just like I got to get comfortable around her to have yeah. her like out and about because. Um, Well, I'm
0: sure that's what it's like when you have a real baby. It's like a change to your routine. It's something that's there that wasn't there before. You're like, oh.
1: Yes. Uh, You sometimes you just open up a box from the stork and all of a sudden you got this little baby monkey in your arms. That's
0: how it works. While you deal with um, the uh, emotional repercussions of your new role as a father, um, I will uh, take it away with Chuck versus the push mix. So you may remember that Sarah is now undercover with Volkoff and threw Casey off of a building. Exciting times.
1: Yeah, screw you, Casey.
0: <laughs> Haven't we all wanted to do that at one point or another? <laughs> so we start off with Casey in the hospital, still surrounded by Alex, Morgan, and Chuck. Ellie drops by to say that Casey is in good hands and is expected to wake up in a day or two. When she leaves, Casey does actually start to talk. It's kind of unclear if he's like woken up or just like talking in his sleep but uh he says the word pants and Alex guesses that there's something in his pants he wants them to find and she's right <laughs> he's to be clear he's not wearing the pants at the time he's wearing like uh a, a hospital gown but his pants are across the room so it's they, very
1: not suggestive in the episode <laughs> just the way that Aaron said it right there
0: <laughs> there's something in my pants that I want you to find Alex gather round, children I have a special <laughs> present
1: just fish around in there.
0: So what's actually in there is the eye fragment that Sarah stole when Volkoff destroyed Yuri the Gobbler's Hydra Eye. Chuck flashes on it, getting the name of its designer, Eye Mocker. It's I'm that's kind of funny. I didn't realize that at the time, but I eye mocker, like I, you know, you get it? The
1: Hydra Eye was made by I Mocker. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. So he asked Casey um where the eye the eye mocker came from, and Casey grunts. Sarah. Meanwhile, Sarah, still in her horrible wig, is using a pretty fucking sick gadget to break into Volkov's office. We don't see a ton of gadgets in Chuck, like compared to like maybe Mission Impossible. There's like not a ton of things other than guns, but this is cool. It's kind of like I don't. How would you describe it? It's like a spider.
1: Yeah, it's like a little. Robot spider kind of thing that she like threw out and then it climbed up the wall and was interfering or inter- interfacing with some kind of security panel.
0: Yeah, like a, it was kind of like doing like a hand scanner or something with lasers. It was very cool. Um, and Dead Mouse is playing once again, so that was exciting too.
1: Dead Mouse number one fan, Aaron Arado over <laughs> here.
0: Uh, Sarah and Mary break into the office and they have like 20 seconds to figure out where Volkov transferred the Hydra data as they're hacking his computer. Volkov, like, It's not FaceTime, but it's kinda like a proto FaceTime. He like video Mm -hmm. calls Mary. So she sneaks into a dark corner to answer it. He tells her about his day while Sarah finishes the hacking. I did wanna note that Mary's contact photo for Volkov is like it's like a did you notice this? It's like a very zoomed in like picture of him. It was kinda weird.
1: I did. It's actually, I mean, it's a screenshot from last week's episode of Chuck of, like, it's a shot of Volkov that was in the show that they oh, good, then okay. just copy and pasted onto the contact <laughs> photo. So I guess Mary just kind of snapped the photo last week yeah. when they were talking. Yeah. It was a good photo of him, I guess. Makes
0: sense. Yeah. You always got to be like, I'm I'm always taking, a, I'm always pressing print screen during our, uh, during our video calls so that I can save these as your contact photos. That, <laughs> that is true, actually. That is not a really? lie. Um, Yeah, yep, true. Okay, so we're gonna move on from that. He tells her sweet dreams, my sweet little P, and hangs up. Mary and Sarah, with their information in hand, head out. We cut to Castle, where Beckman is giving Chuck and Morgan a new mission. Instead of tracking down I-Mocker like Chuck wants, they're going to follow the lead Sarah found. Volkov sent the data to someone named the Contessa. Chuck is a little aghast about this, especially when he hears that Sarah is going to be in the field even longer. Once Backman is offline, Chuck tells Morgan that he's had enough of this. Between losing his mom, dad, Sarah, and now possibly even Casey, he's ready to protect his family and take down the man who destroyed them himself. With Morgan's help, of course. Chuck says they don't need guns, they need a plan. So they make one of, like, the the note card and pictures and thumbtacks and string, like, I, I want to call it an inspiration board, but I don't think that's exactly the right word. Uh, but,
1: yeah, yeah, some kind of <laughs> investigation board. Yeah, some like kind the thing of... that
0: like, police and crazy people have in movies.
1: Does anyone actually use them in real life? Probably not. Our, our, just...
0: Chime in our uh, detective and agent listeners. Let us know if you actually use these things.
1: I feel like they're just so visually appealing that yeah. they're almost more visually appealing than they are functional. So You gotta like
0: zoom along the string to like mimic the, the character's like frame of mind and what right. they're thinking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they make one of those on Chuck's bedroom wall. Chuck is pretty confident that their plan will work, but Morgan is worried that it's a suicide mission. He thinks they're going to need some help. So I, when he said, we're going to need some help, I assumed he was like going to go ask Jeff and Lester to get involved. But, spoiler, that that does not happen. They have other things going on in this episode.
1: Well, there there is actually a declassified oh my God, is there? that happens here. Are yes. you lying
0: to me, or is this...
1: I'm not lying to okay, you. Okay, because it was like a
0: weird, like it seemed like a leading statement.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, so uh on the DVD we have the declassified scene where Morgan goes to visit Casey in the hospital okay. and tells him that he's glad that Casey's recovering, but he wishes that he was better sooner because Morgan is afraid to go on the mission alone with Chuck without Casey.
0: That's kind of sweet. Is Casey awake for this or is he like still um in like the coma?
1: Uh, he's still like how he was before when he said pants. He's kind okay. of seems to be semi-conscious. So it would appear that Casey heard him, but uh, is not really able to respond.
0: Okay, I see. So meanwhile, in Russia, Volkov is getting out of his elevator when the doors stop working and the lights go off. He steps out into the hallway and makes it to his office as the rest of the lights go off all around him. Before he can phone for help, the phone line goes dead. So things are creepy. It kind of seems like like a scream movie or something. The only thing working in the room is his computer, which has a message on it reading, I want my wife back. Volkov asks who's doing this, and the screen says Orion, oh, like, a bunch of times. And I was like, is this Chuck's plan, or is Stephen alive after all? And, like, what do you think the episode wants us to think? Because, like, Chuck didn't mention this as part of his plan, so I wasn't sure if the episode was trying to, like, pull one over on us.
1: Yeah, I didn't know. I was partially thinking that. I was like, did Stephen have some kind of like, system set up for after he was dead, like, on a timer to message Volkov and, like, spam him? Yeah. You know, did, was this something that he had set up? I I wasn't really clear. I was like, is this something that Chuck's been working on? Um, Yeah, I wasn't really sure what to make of this.
0: Okay, cool. I'm glad I was not the only one confused. Frightened by this encounter with Orion, Volkov tells a guard named Armand that he's taking Mary to a safe place. In the meantime, he wants Armand to figure out where Orion is and get rid of him. Marianne Volkoff will be paying a visit to the Contessa. Hmm. Back in the Bymore, all the TVs are showing footage of babies, which is appropriate because Devin has dropped by to pick up a mix CD from Chuck that he apparently made for Ellie's giving birth. I, like, I don't, I haven't given birth, and no one, no one close to me besides my mother has given birth, so I don't know if this is, like, a thing that people do. Um, but it does align with what you said last episode that now that they've decided on a name, Ellie will be giving birth imminently. <laughs> I have a couple of questions about this. Just like off the top of my head, the first one is why didn't Devin just go across the courtyard to pick this up instead of driving all the way to Chuck's place of employment? <laughs> <laughs> Not answered.
1: It seems to be that Chuck is working on the mix CD. He's like burning it using his computer at the buy more because he takes it out of the disk drive. Right. That's, OK, so that was my up.
0: like that was my first answer to that question. But surely his computer at home is capable of burning disks.
1: I would imagine if, if not more capable, because like what exactly does he have iTunes on the computer at the, the Nerd Herd station? Does he have.
0: Maybe um, that's one of his five authorized computers that Apple offers him.
1: Maybe. Maybe his computer at home has the dreaded Windows Media Player. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe he's like, well, I got to go use iTunes at my, my store. Yeah. There's, um, a, there's a
0: lot of questions brought up by this.
1: Not really clear. Maybe he has the blank CDs at the store. Okay. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I'll use like my office supplies. Not that I would ever condone using office supplies for any kind of personal use, because I think that's the greatest sin of all. <laughs> but... Uh, maybe that's what he was doing. Not really clear why Chuck was making the CD there or why Devin went to go pick it up there. Yeah.
0: We do learn that the CD is called Ellie's Push Mix, and Devin is experiencing, as he puts it, deep terror about the birth process. (laughs) Chuck sort of comforts Devin and sends him on his way, but as he's heading out the door, Jeff and Lester manage to steal the Push Mix CD. They pontificate that Chuck has added indie crap to the mix, when what a new baby needs is live music. So at this point, I assume that probably we were about to see Jeffster performing Push It as Ellie attempts to birth a human child, and I was looking forward to it.
1: So I was kind of wondering, like, what kind of music is on the Push Mix CD? Yeah, okay, I
0: was going to ask this too.
1: Is it, like, music to get you amped up and being (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, let's do it, or is it music that's, like, soothing or, like, relaxing?
0: I really don't know.
1: They don't really get into it because no. aside from Jeff and Lester um speculating what kind of indie music is on it, um, they don't really get into what What's is that? actually on it. Uh,
0: it's probably just like <laughs> it's based on Chuck's what we know about Chuck's music tastes, it's probably um the uh the 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 what is that? The neighbor the neighbor the few the suburbs or whatever, that one that he wants Sarah to listen to is that Radiohead? Funeral,
1: Funeral, Arcade Fire. Yeah,
0: not Radiohead, Arcade Fire. So it's probably that, and then Feeling Good a bunch of times.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I would. He views Funeral by Arcade Fire as baby making music. Oh, I don't that's know if true. He necessarily views mm. it as baby birthing music. Which that might be. Uh,
0: Radiohead album do you think is best for giving birth to?
1: I don't know because I'm not a fan of Radiohead. But oh, I, was, I can Fire, respond sorry. about Arcade Fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe, if I had to guess, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say reflector. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. If I don't really have any basis uh, you for or that. anyone you love has given birth to reflector by Arcade Fire, please write in.
1: <laughs> it's just a reflector. Yeah, it uh, sounds. I'm I'm ready to give birth. I knew it. I knew it this whole time. I knew it.
0: So at home, Chuck and Morgan have tracked iMocker through an online settlers of Catan League, which is kind of cool. I didn't know that existed, but I'm going to look into it now. Um, he works at UC Irvine, which the show doesn't the show makes it sound like they're like, oh, we're just going to head down the street to UC Irvine. But that's like probably like at least an hour away with no traffic. So just keep that in mind during the next scene. Chuck plans to kidnap Eye and even though they can't bring him to Castle, Chuck is unfazed because he has a plan. We cut to hell, or at least Chuck and Morgan's bathroom, which they've papered with trash bags to obscure any defining features besides the floor, and Morgan refers to this as hell. Unfortunately, the man they've kidnapped immediately asks if they're in a bathroom, and when Chuck begins questioning him about the Contessa, the man reveals that he's not Eye but Barry Greenfield— apparently Morgan has kidnapped the wrong guy because they kind of look the same. And this was all just very confusing for me. Um, how how did Morgan mistake him? Why? What happened? Like, I don't... They they trank him and bring him back to wherever he's from, and then they find the real eye mocker. But it was just, like, a weird bit that I didn't really understand the mechanics of. What do you think, Chris?
1: Uh, I thought that the the bit here kind of fell flat i don't think it was really i i kind of to your point of it being kind of confusing like it just kind of something about it was not working whether it was because we didn't see them actually capturing the guy so we don't Mm -hmm. know like something was just it didn't really land for me either
0: okay i'm i'm sad that it didn't land but i am glad that i am not alone Um, whatever, it's a bit. The other thing that I noticed about this is, like, I've I've seen their bathroom, and their bathroom is not that big. Like, this is a huge room that they're in. (laughs) So, that was fun. So, the real Eye Mocker says that Volkov kidnapped him and forced him to design the Eye. When Chuck asks about the Contessa, Eye Mocker reveals it's not a person at all. It's where he was forced to design the Eye. In fact, it's a boat. I was, I was pausing for you to react to it's a boat, but stone faced. Chris has nothing to say about boats. He hates boats. In fact,
1: I actually, I have it in my notes. That's a uh, ship. So oh, I'm really okay, more of a yeah. ship guy. Right, than a boat I see why guy, you were confused. So,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Volkov arrives at said ship with Mary oh, and Sarah you. telling them to think of it as his floating fortress of fun. In fact, he says it has an ice cream parlor. So I, I kind of want to go to the Contessa now. Mary comments to Sarah that Volkov has brought them there because something must have spooked him. So that night will be their chance to find the Hydra network. For some reason, I don't, I don't exactly know what her rationale is here, but yeah, they're gonna find Hydra that night. They gotta do it that night. So meanwhile, on the other side of the ship, Chuck and Morgan are sneaking on board in their scuba gear. I don't really know where the Contessa is docked. If it's like in LA for some reason, or if it's like, I Morgan and Chuck just like scuba to Russia. I don't really know what's going on, but they are in scuba gear. Morgan didn't take his flippers off, so he looks kind of like a stupid, like, seal, flop all around. I I kind of like that bit. That one did it for me. Um, either way, they're in. Chuck proposes that they sneak below deck to the server room, prompting Morgan to say that he isn't wearing any clothes under his scuba suit. So, I guess he's just gonna have to... I, I assume, like, he takes off the flippers, but he just kind of is walking around in the wetsuit, which isn't really that weird. Like, I imagine it's not that uncomfortable.
1: I'd be concerned about chafing.
0: Yeah, that. I mean, that's fair. I've never worn a wetsuit, so I don't know what the deal is.
1: As Chuck and Morgan are uh, navigating around the ship, Sarah and Mary are also running around the ship in a pretty conspicuous manner, with Mary even saying aloud, It's not on this deck! <laughs> they bump into um, the other two people who are doing a poor job of sneaking around the ship, Chuck and Morgan. Chuck and Sarah embrace, and Mary asks what Chuck and Morgan are doing there, and then tells them that they shouldn't be there, Chuck insists that this is their mission, too, and that they want to help, and that they have a plan. Chuck leads the team to the server room. Mary makes to shoot some of the guards, but Chuck lowers her gun and uses his Trank gun instead and tells her that they need to have a talk about the virtues of Trank guns. The team encounters a locked door, at which point Morgan finds a key card on one of the unconscious guards. Morgan swipes the card at the door, seemingly uh, opening the door without a problem. Mary and Sarah try to tell him that he should be careful, but Morgan... Uh, goes through the door and is immediately locked in. Countless lasers shoot out of the walls as the door shuts behind him, pinning Morgan to the wall. Morgan freaks out and is paralyzed by the surrounding lasers. Chuck manages to hack into the system and open the door to the server room at the other end of the laser hallway. Morgan tells Chuck to disable the lasers, but Chuck can't. So Mary points out that if Morgan can make it to the uh, end of the hallway to the server room, he can manually disable the lasers from there. Morgan says that he can't. Possibly do that, but Mary tells him that he doesn't have a choice. Morgan, wearing his wetsuit and using his newly acquired yoga skills that he hasn't shut up about this entire episode, makes his way carefully through the lasers. Uh, Aaron, do you think that you would be able to uh, to survive in a situation like this?
0: Not by doing yoga. I, no? I know, like, I, I really, I wish that I had done this. My friend is a yoga instructor and I really wanted to send this scene to her and say, legit, could you do this? Um, I also could have sent it to the people that were at the beach with me last week when I was sitting next to a couple that was just doing headstands together the entire time I was there. Could have, could have asked them their thoughts, but, um, as it is just me, I would say, no, I do not think I could do this. Do you think you could do this?
1: (laughs) No, probably not. I think I would probably be going okay, but I'd be concerned about, like, a laser that I didn't see.
0: He was also doing, like, Fairly easy yoga poses. Like I didn't see any downward facing dog, or like, I mean, shavasana is like laying on the ground, so I guess he wouldn't do that one. But like, I I don't know. Like the lasers looked very intense, but then when he was in them, he was doing like kind of easy poses, other than the one against the wall.
1: So Morgan's wetsuit gets stuck on a bolt in the wall. Chuck tries to open the door and disable the lasers a different way, but the lasers start closing in on Morgan, and we hear Morgan cry out in agony. The doors to the hallway open, and Chuck, Sarah, and Mary rush in, seeing Morgan's uh, cut-up wetsuit fall to the floor. The lasers disappear, and Morgan walks out in his underpants. He and Chuck embrace until they decide that it is awkward, because Morgan is just in his underpants, and Chuck is fully clothed. The team runs into the server room, and Mary hacks into the computer terminal, while Chuck inserts a flash drive into one of the servers. Sarah hands Morgan her trench coat and closes the door to the room. Mary successfully finds all of Volkov's contacts and transfers Hydra to a secure offshore CIA server. This is a huge amount of data to transfer. So while that's uploading, let's check in with Devin and Ellie. Devin is working out in he and Ellie's apartment when Ellie comes downstairs and announces that her water just broke, uh, probably because they just named the baby. Ellie is in good spirits and is ready to do this, but Devin starts to freak out. He too has a plan board on their wall, like with the with the things taped to the wall with all the threads connected. Yeah, things. that was cute. Uh, so he's got his entire birthing plan visually mapped out. Uh, Devin starts to panic when he realizes that the push mix is gone. He doesn't know what happened to it, but Ellie insists that she doesn't need one and that she's ready to go. Panicking, Devin calls the. Uh, so I don't know if we said it earlier, but Chuck gives Devin like an emergency CIA phone number to call in case of an emergency. Um, So Devin calls that phone number and within a matter of seconds, a CIA team appears at their doorstep. The CIA agent tells Ellie that her transport service is ready and Ellie is surprised that Devin arranged this for her. Um, So now let's go see if everything has uh, finished uploading back at the Contessa. Nope. Turns out the system decided to tell Mary after it was nearly done uploading that the computer system requires voice authentication from Volkov. As Mary angrily grunts, it's connected to his voice. This roadblock causes alarms to go off and the team argues about who should escape and who should stay. Turns out it doesn't really matter because the door opens and armed guards storm into the room. At the tail end of this procession is Volkov and Armand. Volkov is pissed to see Frost there and then approaches the computer and says his code phrase, which is apparently death is the solution to all problems, which Volkov attributes to his hero, Joseph Stalin. Volokov takes a look at Team Bartowski and then tells Mary that this is all her fault and then instructs his guards to shoot Chuck, Sarah, and Morgan. Mary then steals Volokov's gun and holds him at gunpoint, threatening to shoot Volokov if any of the guards fire. Mary tells Chuck, Sarah, and Morgan to run while they have a chance. They run out of the room and Volokov tells Mary that for Chuck, Sarah, and Morgan to escape in one piece, she'll have to stay behind, keeping Volokov at gunpoint, to which she says that she knows, and then shoots one of the servers, causing the lasers to go back up as Chuck, Sarah, and Morgan make their escape. Once they escape the infamous laser hallway, Sarah says that they need to escape the Contessa, but Chuck panics because this wasn't part of his plan. Then we have a declassified scene. The CIA escorts wheel Ellie into the hospital. As Devin follows them, it's starting to sink in that it's all really happening. As Ellie gets wheeled in, uh, Ellie tries to help Devin relax and focus to no avail. Devin is really freaking out. Back in the server room, Volkov's men watch awkwardly as Volkov yells at Mary about her betraying him. One of the guards punches Mary, knocking her to the floor. Volkov asks for the guard's gun, and the guard hands it to him, and Volkov looks like he's going to shoot Mary, but then he shoots the guard instead. He says, nobody touches my frost. Volkov picks Mary up off the floor and says that he has something to show her. He brings her back to the computer terminal and pulls up one of the messages from Orion. Mary doesn't know what the message is or what it means, but Volkov says that they've already found hundreds more messages like it on the server. He believes that Mary has been in constant correspondence with Orion this entire time. Mary insists that she has no idea what he's talking about, but Volkov demands that she stop lying to him. Volkov says that Mary knew Orion was alive the entire time and that he can't believe he trusted her. Mary says that the truth is, regardless of whether Stephen is alive or dead, Stephen is ten times the man that Volkov is. Mary says that every moment she was with Volokov, she was thinking of Stephen. So... Does this mean that Mary and Volkov have been having sex this whole time and that Mary's been thinking about Stephen?
0: So I was wondering that too, but she does say in a previous episode that they've like never even kissed. So I feel like she just meant like the entire time that she was like with him, but not like uh, in a biblical sense.
1: Okay, good, good, good. Uh, speaking of the Bible, make sure you check out our Go the Star Yourself episode <laughs> <laughs> for some more biblical fun. Back to Chuck, Volokov gets real quiet and upset and holds Mary Mary's face in his hands. He promises to find Orion and bring his body back to Mary before going in for the least romantic kiss ever.
0: I know, it was pretty disappointing. I mean, like, I don't want him to, like, sexually assault her, but, like, it wasn't a good kiss.
1: You know what I just remembered? Casey's been in the hospital this entire time. We should probably go check in on her. Oh, him. yeah,
0: we should. I, I hope he's okay. Casey's
1: is recovering and seems to have regained consciousness. Alex is at his side. She brought him a bonsai tree. She says that she would have brought Casey his guns, but she didn't think the hospital would let her in through the doors with the guns. I think that was so
0: sweet. I loved when she like took out the tree. I was like, oh.
1: Alex tells Casey that she's gotten used to having Casey, her father, around since she spent her whole life thinking that her dad was dead. She's not ready to do that again. Elsewhere in the hospital, Ellie is getting ready to go into labor, giving the other doctors instructions like a boss. The other doctors ask if Devin is okay since he's pacing around the hospital room, packing and unpacking clothes into a dresser. Ellie insists that he'll snap out of it. He's just stressed out. Meanwhile, Volkov and his men arrive at Orion's cabin, or what appears to be a lower budget version of the exterior (laughs) of Orion's cabin Mm -hmm. um, from the previous season. Volkov heads inside and looks around the dark cabin. There's a man sitting in a chair covered in shadows. Volkov says, Orion, we finally meet. And the man stands up and. It's Chuck Bartowski. Oh, my God. Chuck says that he believes Volokov's been looking for him and punches him in the face, knocking him out. Volkov comes to uh, and he's tied up to a chair. Chuck pulls a chair uh, across from him and sits down like backwards like a cool uh, teacher. Yep. He just wants to connect mm-hmm. with the teens. Volkov congratulates Chuck on using Orion's tools to lure Volkov to this cabin. Volkov then observes that since he's still alive, there must be something that Chuck still wants from him. And Chuck says, there is actually, and takes out a gun and points it at Volokov's head. <gasps> Volokov, unperturbed, asks what this is all about. And Chuck says that it's about Volokov keeping Mary away from him, Stephen, and Ellie this entire time. Volokov mocks Chuck for holding a grudge and encourages him to shoot him. Volokov points out that even if Chuck kills him, his friends and family will still be in danger since Volokov's network knows no limits. As he says this, we see Mary being held uh, at gunpoint by the guards back in the Contessa's server room. And we see Armand entering the hospital where Ellie and Casey are. Oh, no. Turns out that this whole time that Volokov was monologuing, he was working on untying himself from the rope that Chuck tied around his wrists. Volokov punches Chuck in the face, stealing his gun and knocking him to the floor. Volokov kicks Chuck in the face and holds the gun over him. Volokov says that Chuck had a good plan, but it failed. And Chuck needs to remember that it's his fault that his friends and family won't make it out of the scenario alive.
0: You would think Chuck would be kind of upset about this, but he doesn't seem too phased. He says, I can't believe you haven't figured out the solution. And Volkov is like, what solution? And then we hear Morgan say, got it, dude, and the HYDRA network is unlocked! Apparently Chuck was just letting Volkov run his mouth this whole time so he could get all the words needed for the voice-activated code. Wow, that was really smart. So now HYDRA is in CIA hands, and it's unlocked. Unfortunately, Armand has managed to sneak into the hospital and smother Casey and stop his heart, at least according to the heart rate monitor. As Chuck makes a speech to Volkov about things he learned from his father, we find out that Casey actually just disconnected the heart monitor, and he's fine! His heart hasn't stopped at all! He whacks Armand with the bonsai tree. Also, Sarah sneaks back into the Contessa and rescues Mary. Also, also, apparently the gun Chuck was pointing at Volkov wasn't loaded because, as we all know, Chuck hates guns. Chuck's only mistake, according to Volkov, all of Volkov's guards are still waiting outside the cabin, and Chuck would need an army to get it out of there alive. But then there's a knock on the door. Who is it? It's Beckman, with the whole CIA. Or, like, probably not all of them, because they're probably doing stuff, but, like, there's a bunch of guys. Chuck's like, will this suffice? And I cheered. I was like, yeah. It was really exciting. That yeah, was exciting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was uh I was not expecting to see Beckman in the flesh walk through those doors, but it was uh triumphant.
0: It was it was very triumphant. It was almost season finale-esque.
1: <laughs> yes, it was reaching the kind of high note that is often associated with the end of a season.
0: So they take Volkov away in handcuffs and he's like, like whatever. I don't know. You'll never take me alive. Or I mean, I guess they do take him alive. He doesn't say that. It's fine. Whatever. So at this point, Morgan rushes in to say that Ellie has gone into labor. I'm not like maybe Devin texted like a group chat or something. I don't really know why Morgan knows this. He just, I guess he just knows everything about Ellie. Chuck asks to borrow a van and Beckman is like, fuck, no, you can borrow a chopper, baby. <laughs> that I cheered at that, too. That was exciting. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was crazy that Beckman just dropped the F-bomb on an episode of Chuck.
0: Network TV, too.
1: Real season finale material.
0: So, meanwhile, Ellie sends Devin out of the room so that he can come out of his panic attack and be present for her. As he heads out, we see Jeff and Lester heading into the maternity ward. Lester says, ew, pregnant woman, while Jeff says, ooh, pregnant woman. They're also, um, they're both wearing Jeffster shirts, and speaking of, uh, past gifts that we have given one another... Chris gave me a, uh, Jeffster shirt that is exactly like this for, um, last, was it last Christmas?
1: Was it your birthday It, made, it, might have,
0: it wasn't my, I, could have been my birthday this year. I don't know, at some point. So I have that shirt. They go up to the hospital receptionist to ask where they can find the woodcomb womb, which I thought was gross, but a very fun play on words. They're concerned that Ellie and Devin's baby will grow up listening to Snow Patrol and Coldplay, and they want to set the right tone with a live performance. The nurse uh, obviously tells them, no, they can't do that, but they notice that the nurse has one of those intercom microphone things, and they have an idea. In the hallway... Okay, so in shows, they always have this, like, room full of newborn babies. Is this, like, a thing?
1: I was thinking about that, too. I was like, is this similar to the... uh the investigation board i was wondering i was like is this something that actually exists because yeah.
0: so all of our um hospital worker listeners please chime in
1: why i think it's a real thing right because you have to go like i i truly have no idea this is going to sound ridiculous but this is like where they do the baby inspections like <laughs> where is yeah, room full
0: know. of babies real is that something <laughs> um nope as you could probably expect that did not yield any results nothing I mean, it I mean, it yielded results, but nothing that uh. answers my question. So well we we don't know. but in in the show, Chuck, these exist, and Devin is looking into one of them when Casey shows up in a wheelchair and gives Devin sort of a pep talk, but really, it's just like, I mean, he doesn't say it exactly this, but he's really just like, be a man, be there for your wife. Like go in there and raise your fucking daughter, bitch. Like that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty much what he says. Um, actually, he says that he regrets not being there for most of Alex's childhood, and he doesn't want Devin to make the same mistake. I don't really think it's on that level. I don't really think Devin is thinking about, like, running and, like, faking his death, but it it does the job, and Devin heads
1: off. <laughs> Casey's got a lot of uh, manly advice to dispense this season. Yeah, he does. about engagements or about <laughs> uh, fatherhood. Yeah. He's really opening it up.
0: Yeah, he is. I'm proud of him. So Devin walks in, and Ellie says, it's time to push okay so the next scene is um as as expected jeff is giving a performance of salt and peppa's push it um in the maternity ward waiting room there um there's a lot of close-ups on pregnant women's bellies and um ultrasound photos as they sing um is there anything else you want to say about this or do you just want to get away from it as soon as possible (laughs)
1: Um, they're wearing the salt and pepper inspired jackets. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. That was that was pretty cool. Um, so this this is another time that Seth happened to be in the room with me, so he did see this. This is the only Jeffster performance that he has ever seen. Um, so it is going to be his touchstone for Jeffster as a concept. Um Chris, when I told him this, didn't seem to think that was um he wh- Okay, what what did you think about this, Chris?
1: Um, I thought it was deeply uncomfortable and very unfunny. <laughs>
0: yeah. So um that's Seth said he hated it. So that's I yeah. Um it was more music video like than other jester performances. Like maybe the um the what is what is the, the the Fortunate Son performance had a little bit of like um business going on. It wasn't just like a live performance. Uh, there was like right. music video type things going on. Yeah. So it was similar to that, um, but I'm not surprised that it happened, um, but I am a little disappointed, is what I will say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it it just kind of felt like if this were a season finale, it was kind of like, oh, we got to give a big Jeffster performance. Yeah. And how do we tie that Jeffster mm-hmm. performance into the rest of the episode, which is like Ellie giving birth. Well, That's, of course, this is how they did it. It's just
0: a short, short uh, skip and a jump from that
1: one could say that maybe they we didn't really need to have this kind of Jeffster <laughs> subplot going on in this episode. Um, but who would as, say
0: that? No one.
1: No, I mean, I I was not trying to be a Jeffster apologist before when uh Aaron's like, "Oh, Seth saw it and really did not like it." I was like, "Well, in their defense, this was bad even by Jeffster standards." Not that I would say, "Oh, Seth, you should go watch um them performing." Like the, the- supercuts
0: available on YouTube. All all Jeffster. <laughs>
1: I mean, I I guess Seth is going to think less of you now that he knows that that's the uh, what your t-shirt. I know when I when I wear
0: my shirt, he's going to be like, "Oh God!" So, (laughs) but something that is great in the following scene is that Sarah, Chuck, and um, I don't know everybody arrive at Mary arrive at the hospital, and the wig is gone. Sarah is back to being blonde. She doesn't have her like evil wig on anymore, and thank God. So they go into the room and. Baby Clara has been born, and she is in fact the smallest, cutest baby I have ever seen. She's great. She's lovely. That's Chuck's niece. That's Ellie and Devon's baby. It's great. It's all happy. And Youngblood is playing, so that's pretty exciting. Um, good good vibe. That's like a very evergreen song. It was on I just watched DC's Stargirl, which came out this year, and that was like in the in the pilot episode.
1: I think it's a great song. It's a great song. uh it's a, it's an excellent song. It's a timeless classic.
0: Another um exciting thing I my favorite thing about this episode is Sarah's wig being gone. My second favorite thing is the birth of baby Clara who is very cute and an angel. And then my third favorite thing is that in the hallway as they're um allowing their family to have some baby time, Chuck and Sarah are sitting together in the immediate vicinity of a janitor watching the watching the floor and Chuck pulls out His engagement ring gets down on one knee, and we don't hear what he says, but he proposes to Sarah, and uh, she, like, cries and hugs him, and that's where the episode ends. And then Seth, who was sitting next to me, stood up and opened his pocket and pretended to pull out a ring and got down on one knee, and it was very funny. It was a good bit.
1: (laughs) Did he really do that? Yeah, he
0: really did that he told me that um so he went to bed early last night and he told me that he had gone to bed early last night to prepare this uh this special moment between us (laughs) it was very funny
1: uh that's a romantic context i would imagine uh for him to propose after uh, an episode of chuck
0: i know i was like no i don't really have more to say (laughs)
1: it was a nice proposal you know i was all amped about the whole big romantic proposal and chuck versus the balcony but you know this this seemed to uh to be pretty sweet seemed to hit all the notes
0: yeah this was well okay so i'm i was talking big game Mm -hmm. and chuck versus the balcony about how they had to do it on the beach and i wouldn't be satisfied with anything else i do think it's a little bit it's kind of like announcing your engagement or pregnancy at like a friend or family member's wedding where it's like a little bit stealing the thunder Um, Mm -hmm. although, well, like, knowing Chuck, I feel like probably this did happen, but i like to imagine that they didn't, like, walk into the room where baby Clara was being passed around, and then Chuck was like, notice anything different about Sarah's hands? (laughs) Um, I like to think that it was just, like, a heat of the moment kind of thing, and they kept it to themselves for, like, Mm -hmm. at least, like, a few days, if not a week. Um, but... I did think it was in line with what Casey said that it was just like about the people and the moment being right and not about like the location. So I liked that. I was I was into the proposal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was nice. I yeah. did not remember it. I did not see it coming. I really did not. I didn't really remember anything about this episode prior to to watching it. So mm-hmm. I was surprised all the way through by everything. Yeah, constant surprises. <laughs> Um, something that shouldn't be a surprise is our segment, Chuck, Mary, Kill, that we do every week on the show when we highlight one part of this episode that we'd like to marry because we enjoyed it and one part of this episode that we'd like to kill because we did not enjoy it. Aaron, what would you like to marry this week?
0: So, my favorite thing that happened is um, Alex bringing Casey the bonsai tree. I thought that was mm. adorable. I yeah. thought it was in line with his character and also was just such a sweet moment. Like, Casey and Alex seem to have some trouble saying I love you, but it was just like an action that said I love you and that she pays attention and that she knows him and he's her dad. And it was just really nice.
1: The bonsai tree is a humanizing element to Casey's character.
0: Absolutely. What about you?
1: Um, I thought Ryan McPartland did a really good job acting this week, um, showing a side of Devin that's anxious and uncomfortable that we don't usually see. And then when Devin holds uh Claire for the first time and gets teared up and says, Awesome. Made me a little choked up. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh yeah, he really outdated himself this yeah. week. He did a really, really great job.
0: He was great. So for my kill, um, I think the eye mocker stuff was just like a little bit disappointing and confusing. I don't know. Honestly, I would just t- I would just cut that. Um I I don't understand the mechanics of them like getting the wrong guy. And I think that needs more room to breathe, if that's gonna be the bit that you're doing. We need to, like, see them catch the wrong guy, and see Morgan's mistake and everything. I do- I wasn't even, like, paying enough attention to what Eimacher looked like, that the fact that, like, the guy who they get looks just like him, um, like, didn't land with me. I was just like, who is- like, so, I would get rid of that. Um, I'm also not convinced on the Morgan wetsuit plotline. I guess, like, it's kind of funny that he ends up in his underwear but um I don't know it was just kind of like both of those felt like tonally weird for the rest of the episode so yeah um I'm gonna get rid of those I'm I'm pretty sure I can guess what your kill is gonna be but let me have it
1: what is what is my kill Aaron
0: I mean I assume it was gonna be jester's performance
1: it is the jester performance yes <laughs> um I I thought that this episode had so much going on, especially in the second half, like because Volkov gets caught relatively like early in the third act, and then like obviously the baby's being born, and then Chuck and Sarah get engaged and all this. But it's like it's just ridiculous to have this gesture performance in there. I thought it was a waste of time. I didn't think it was funny. I don't know how anyone could think it was funny. Um, it was just weird and unnecessary. Yeah. And um, I guess the one redeeming thing about it is that they, it is the part of the reoccurring gag that they have that Jeffster are a part of these big moments in Devin and Ellie's life, like from playing at their wedding to playing at their farewell party before they were supposed to go to doctors without borders and all these things. So like, I kind of get it from that angle of it being like Jeff and Lester, um, Jeff and Lester can never just let Ellie and Devin have nice things. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is, is kind of funny, but also kind of frustrating because I'm like, well, I don't know, the characters I feel like have earned this at this point. And it just felt kind of like, oh, there's this is the season finale and Jeffster doesn't have anything to do. So we better shoehorn this in there. Um, yeah, it just totally didn't really work for me. And uh, yeah, it just I really could have gone without it.
0: So I guess we'll move into the scooter scale where we rank mm-hmm. this episode on zero to five corn dogs in memory of our best friend Scooter from the Wienerlicious. So, Chris, why don't you go first this week?
1: Oh wow, thank you, Aaron. This is the second nicest gift you've given me after Coco, uh, <laughs> who's been watching me this entire time, not blinking <laughs> once. Oh wait.
0: Oh god, that would be worse if she blinks. She just blinked. Oh god.
1: Um, <laughs> she just winked at me, suggestive, like she's, <laughs> she's trying to <laughs> come on to me. I don't oh, know god. what she's trying to do. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I. I'll have to talk to my adopted monkey daughter about this. Um, anyhow, the scooter scale, I wanted to give this episode 3.5 out of five. I think on paper, this should be an amazing episode, but it just kind of fell flat for me in all areas. I feel like it wraps everything up in such an efficient manner that there's not really like a lot of joy or surprise in that resolution. I feel like since this episode was doing so much, it didn't really do any one particular thing that well. Um, I wanted to feel more excited and surprised when Chuck finally bested Volkov, but it just kind of felt um, sort of anticlimactic to me, even though I didn't really remember what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really think that there was any good humor or laughs in this episode. Like we said, like the jokes just really painfully fell flat, like the, the bathroom stuff and then Morgan being in his underwear and the Jeffster stuff. Like it just really was not um, the, the standard of comedy writing that we see in Chuck sometimes um the orion stuff didn't really work for me since we saw we saw steven die and it was kind of awkward how mary is now just now confessing her undying love for steven because mm-hmm. before she like never really she would like allude to him in their yeah. life but it just kind of felt like very after the fact so i'm glad that the episode ended on a happy note and i appreciated how they handled the proposal like we were mm-hmm. just talking about um, but overall, I think this episode just kind of struck me as kind of dull and a little disappointing. Maybe I would feel differently if I didn't know that there was going to be another 11 episodes after this. Mm. But I do know that, and I'm I'm just a little disappointed. So I like the idea of this episode better than I like the actual execution of it.
0: I completely agree. I also gave this episode a 3.5. Oh, yeah. I think um, comparing this to the midway um, season finale, whatever you want to call it, um, of last uh, last season with... Uh, Chuck
1: versus the other guy.
0: Yeah, I thought that was similar in that it felt like and was probably intended as a finale, um, uh, but I thought that that was a much more exciting version of this episode. I yeah. do think that they were throwing a lot at the wall, and I think that's admirable, but I completely agree that I watched this episode mere hours ago, and it is not particularly memorable or satisfying in my memory other than, like, when I, when I, like, list everything that happens, I'm like, oh, like, Devin and Ellie gave birth. That has to have been a nice moment. Like, Casey woke up after his coma. Like, they finally defeated Volkoff. Like, that mm-hmm. has to be great. And then, like, how it actually happened in the episode, it just got, like, a little bit clogged up with these, like, jokes that didn't land in Chester performances. And, like, even, even the things that I thought the episode did well... I thought could have been better. Like, I thought that Devin's um, panic attack could have been a little bit more developed. Um, and I thought that the whole the whole birth sequence, like, Ellie is giving birth, and she didn't have, like, a ton to do. I thought it was really, really cute, like, a good character moment when she, like, is like, yeah, my water just broke, and I, um, I took a shower, and I had a protein bar, and now I'm ready to go. Like, her calm was really interesting, and we really only saw that in, like, one line, so... Um 3.5. I thought it was a little better than middle of the road, but it was a little disappointing for this kind of mid-season finale thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, Chuck versus the other guy had was such a standout episode, I believe, for the the both of us that um I think it was yeah, it's it's such a weird, unique problem that Chuck as a show had where it was like struggling to stay on the air, struggling to get renewed, and then when it wasn't struggling to have that, it was like struggling to make sense of all of this additional episodes yeah. that they were mm-hmm. now responsible to Yeah, do. I have no
0: idea. Like, I remember there being more Volkov, but maybe there isn't. I'm not really sure what happens next.
1: Yeah, I just, I, I feel like this episode, they were, it was kind of like if you were trying to, you know, someone's telling you to like, okay, wrap it up. You got to wrap everything up. And then all of a sudden, after you've wrapped everything up in a really sloppy kind of half-hearted way, they're like, Okay. Yeah, you, you actually have uh basically the a whole other season uh yeah. of episodes to play with. And then it's like, well, now we just screwed up all of this stuff. So yeah. not that I think that they screwed stuff up, but I just feel like it could have could have been a little bit stronger. Um so with that being said, I think it's time for us to move into the lesson of the week. Aaron, what did you learn this week?
0: I learned that looks can be deceiving, fight for your family, and of course never use a gun unless you absolutely have to.
1: Wow, that was intense. Yeah. Uh, of course, dis- that is
0: um, a direct quote of what Chuck says he learned from his father. Just in case you didn't understand my reference. Oh, <laughs> I did? You thought it was <laughs> now- uh, coming directly from the dome. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> now that you say it, it sounds familiar. Because um, they did have that kind of uh, almost like Scrubs end of episode yeah. wrap up mm-hmm. where Chuck was talking about things and we were seeing the visuals. But yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that you were able to learn from Steven as your uh, as your television father. From
0: our good friend Scott Bakula. Uh,
1: oh, I, I thought we were done with saying that name. <laughs> this week, I learned that season finales aren't just for the ends of seasons. Season finales <laughs> can happen anytime. If it's really this kind of negative misconception that season finales need to be the last episode of a season, why not make the season finale the middle episode? The fourth to last episode? <laughs> or hell, why not make the season finale the first episode of a season? The possibilities are endless.
0: That's really inspiring, Chris.
1: I know. You just got to open your mind to what a season finale can and can't be. You could This could be the season finale of Chuck right now. This could be the season finale of Go Chuck Yourself. Oh, God. I wow.
0: It. Yeah, it could.
1: We're going to do more episodes after it, but maybe this is the season finale. That's,
0: yeah, okay. Oh, a, di- a different cat has jumped onto the <laughs> computer. Hello. It's
1: like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, except it's cats walking in front of Aaron instead of floats. <laughs> um, no, no. Well, I can, I'll put my little animal friend in front of my screen now. Oh, good, okay. Coco, hudge. Hi, hi,
0: Coco. Hi. hi, Coco. Hi, Aaron. Oh, God, this no, no don't talk to me. No, she can't talk to me
1: hi i'm such a big fan of go chuck yourself you're my favorite host of go chuck yourself really seriously coco you would say that (laughs) yeah i think you just kind of try too hard for Aaron. it comes more naturally (laughs) well why wouldn't you tell me this in private well i just felt like you would kind of you know actually listen to me if i was saying it in front of Aaron instead of just blowing me off (laughs) you make it seem like we have this conversation a lot coco this is the first time i'm hearing of these grievances uh there's archie does archie (laughs) want to talk to coco
0: um, no, I'm not uh, I'm not going to introduce my son to your daughter. I do not find that appropriate.
1: Wow, duly noted. <laughs> duly noted, Arata. Um, well, I guess I can, if you're playing Go Chuck Yourself Bingo at home, you can check off um, Cat Parade and uh, Half-Baked Ventriloquist Routine onto <laughs> your Go Chuck Yourself Bingo card. And uh, if you have a bingo, if you just received a bingo, if that's the fifth square that you blocked off, congratulations a playstation 5 is uh on its way to you don't worry about filling out your address we've got you covered just uh, look in the mail to in three to five business days for your complimentary playstation 5 which we totally have and it's definitely (laughs) real yep Mm -hmm. uh so well Aaron, it's been uh an interesting non-season finale um i look forward to seeing where we pick up next week uh as always it's been a pleasure this is Chris Gillespie signing off, reminding you that food is sexy.
0: And this is Aaron Arada, letting you know that anything is possible and saying a Happy New Year to all.
1: Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Finally, the new millennium is old enough to drink. Congratulations, new millennium.
0: You say Happy New Year the same way you say Frankie Muniz.
1: Happy New Year. Frankie Muniz. Exactly. May- it's the same. Maybe, Fran- maybe Frankie Muniz's uh, son. Well, his her his child is definitely gonna be born this year.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean I would hope. <laughs> Typically there is a nine month gestation process, but um who
1: knows. Well, we I mean we figured out that the baby was due in March, right?
0: I think I think so, yes, we did.
1: So it's coming up in a few months, so that'll be exciting. Uh, baby Maybe New year. um
0: maybe that uh, that child can be the perfect match for Coco.
1: Baby Munez. <laughs>
0: Maybe Munez.
1: Yes, maybe Coco can marry into the Munez family empire. Perfect.
0: Sounds great.
1: Okay, see you later. Thanks for listening. As always, a big thanks to the artist Hadakoa and the fine folks at freemusicarchive.org for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. If you want to drop us a line, you can reach us at gocheckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Go Check Yourself on your preferred podcast platform. New episodes come out every Monday morning and you do not want to miss a new episode. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.